Anyway, bow with me, please. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for each and every blessing you blessed us with. Thank you for your Son and for all the blessings that we are afforded because of his sacrifice. And thank you for this day and be with us as we go through these hours today and be with us throughout all day. And we ask these blessings in Christ's name. Amen. The last time we met, which seems like an eon ago, we were looking at Galatians 5 and verses 19 through 20, I think, at that time, where Paul was listing those things that those Christians at Galatia and us today cannot do if we want to be led by the Holy Spirit. And, as he says in verse 21, if we want to inherit the kingdom of God. So, let's pick up there. Galatians 5 and 21, but let's look at a few verses in front of it before we get to 21. Starting with verse 19, it says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, and we went over some of these the last go-around. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, Enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. So notice he lists all these things, but it's not all inclusive. It includes everything else related to this because of this phrase he put in here and things like these. So sometimes folks use excuses that their problem's not exactly what's listed here, but hey, Paul fixes that, and he said in things like these. Anything, and we got given the intellect and the common sense that we've been given, we know what Paul means here. So, after listing these things, he makes this statement. He says, I warn you, red flag, I warn you as I warned you before. So Paul saying here, I have warned you before about this. I'm warning you now that those people who do these things that he listed up here will not inherit the kingdom of God. Well, What is the kingdom of God? I mean, if that's the thing that we're going to lose in those Christians at Galatia, if the kingdom being part of the kingdom of God is what they will lose if they perform these works of the flesh and these other things that Paul has listed up here, what is it that we lose when we do this? Because that's what he said. He said, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Well, what is the kingdom of God? Let's, we're going to look at that this morning. Maybe, probably won't finish it today, but we're going to start on it. But there is no question here in verse 21 that Paul gives an ominous warning. It's a big red flag to those at 
in Galatia. It's a big red, big red flag to us that, hey, if I do these things and things like these that Paul just, li- just listed, then there's something I'm not going to inherit. There is something that I'm going to lose. There is something as a Christian that I stand to inherit, that I stand to gain, or that I stand to have possession of at some point in time, that if I do these things, I'll lose it. Well, how important is that thing, this thing that he calls the kingdom of God? Important enough that he is twice giving these folks warning about it. That's how important it is. And important enough that Paul does a tremendous amount of, of talking in the, throughout his epistles that he wrote. And that warning, again, is if you practice these things, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's what he says in verse 21. What am I going to lose if I do these things that Paul just listed? How important is it? Well, it was the theme of Paul's ministry, really, was inheriting the kingdom of God. That was the theme in most all of the epistles that he wrote. Well, it was an underlying theme in all of them, for sure. So, let's look at some things that he wrote. Acts 20 and 25. <clears throat> For those that did Ephesus, he said, And now, behold, I know that none of you among you whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. What was Paul's purpose, <coughs> excuse me, in teaching and preaching to those Christians at Ephesus. What, what was his goal? What was his aim? What was the thing that he was trying to get across to them? It was the kingdom. The kingdom of God. And it's, it'll be called several other things before we get through. But when Paul preached to the churches or the church at Ephesus... That's the reason that he spent his time there was to proclaim, to tell, to preach, to teach them about the kingdom. So is the kingdom important? Is the kingdom of God that Paul warned the Galatians about that they would lose, is it important? Is it something important if they lose it, if they do these things that he listed up there. Well, it was important enough that it was the message that Paul preached to those at Ephesus. Now, how important is it? How important is the kingdom of God to us here today? Because it's the same thing that Paul preached about when he preached at Ephesus. What about to Rome? The church at Rome. Acts 28, 23 through 33, 31. 
23 said, From morning till evening he expounded to them. What was you expounding, Paul? Testifying to the kingdom of God. Whoa, wait a minute now. Did it say about the kingdom of God here? Did it say of the kingdom of God here? Now watch it. Who was it? What was it that Paul was testifying to? Who were the group of people or what entity was it that Paul was testifying to? Communicating with, trying to teach about something here. It was the kingdom of God. Well, who was it that Paul was doing all of his writings to? That he was doing all of his preaching to? It was the church. It was the churches that he preached to. It was the churches that he wrote these epistles to. That's who he was testifying to. He was testifying to the, we're going to get into this in a minute. He was testifying to the kingdom of God and he was testifying to the church, one and the same. Then verse 30 he said, He lived there two whole years at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him. 31. Well, Paul, what were you doing there for two years? Doing all of this talking, all of this testifying and preaching, teaching to these people. Proclaiming the kingdom of God. How important was the kingdom of God to Paul? Important enough that at Rome, while in Rome, That's all he did, he said, was proclaim the kingdom of God. How important is it? When we do these things that Paul listed back in Galatians 5 and 19, 20, what do we have to lose? by insisting that we do continue to do these things that he listed there. Well, the consequence of doing those things is losing the kingdom of God. What's it worth to us? How much worth did Paul put on it when he stayed there in Rome for two years and that's all he did was proclaim the gospel? Complain... Proclaim the kingdom of God. So whatever this is, it's awfully important, isn't it? To Christians, it is awfully, awfully, awfully important. It is something of extreme value. Otherwise, why would a man of God 
For two years, that's all he does. Is proclaim the kingdom of God. So, inheriting the kingdom of God, or in our text today, not inheriting the kingdom of God, but inheriting the kingdom of God. What is this kingdom of God that Paul has talked about losing in Galatians and proclaiming to the church at Corinth, writing to them? What is that kingdom of God? Is it present now? Or was it present during Paul's day? Did it exist during Paul's day? Does it exist during our day today? Or this kingdom of God that he talked about, was it something in the future? Was this something that somewhere in the future that if they don't do these things that Paul said, that they will inherit. That they will reap the benefits of it. That they will possess. That they will own. So, is it something that was not present during Paul's day when he was writing these letters? Excuse me. And then it, but it was something present or something that would be in the future. Or was it both present then, present today, and present in the future? How important is this kingdom of God to us? And if it is that important, if it is important enough that Paul preach it and proclaim it as much as he did, and give the warnings that he did against it, How can I inherit it? How can I make myself such that I can inherit this kingdom of God, this thing that was so important that Paul talked about? And if I can inherit it, is the benefits available to me today? Or do I have to wait to sometime in the future to inherit those benefits? It's good questions, isn't it? In some way after it, we ought to be asking ourselves. So, let's look at this kingdom, present and future. If it's present, we'll look at it present. If it's future, we'll look at it future. And if it's both, we'll look at it both. So let's look at that. Well, first we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make this statement. The kingdom of God is present now. The kingdom of God was present during Paul's day. Look what Paul said about those at the church in Paul in his day and today too. 1 Thessalonians 2 and 12. They were called into the kingdom. We exhorted each of you and encouraged each of you Who is Paul writing to here? He's writing to the church at Thessalonica. 
Christians. He said, we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God. Now look at his next statement here. He said, who, this is God he's talking about here when he says who, who calls you into his kingdom. Now is that present or is that future? Well at this point in time we know it's present. Because he was calling them at that point in time. So during Paul's day, when he was writing to the church at Thessalonica, God was calling people into his own kingdom. The kingdom of God. Own kingdom is the kingdom of God, of course. So the kingdom was present during Paul's day. Colossians 1 and 13. He has delivered us again who is Paul talking about when he, writing this letter to the church at Colossae. He's talking about himself, us. He's talking about himself and those Christians in Colossae. He said, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness. That's, that's from a sin-filled, sin-led life. And transferred us, some of your translations may have conveyed, may have translated or established, that sort of thing. And transferred us in or to the kingdom of his beloved son. That's the kingdom of God. So here Paul is telling those Christians at Colossae that God, what's this next word up here? Has past tense. So Paul says, You Christians at Colossae, along with myself, we have been delivered, transferred to the kingdom of God. That's present, isn't it? See, because when Paul was writing this, he and those other Christians had already been part of the kingdom of God. So the kingdom of God was with them then and us today. It's present. Not just something future. Hebrews 12 and 28 Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom. Hebrew writer says, we ought to be grateful that we've already received this kingdom, the kingdom of God as it's referred to here, that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship and reverence in all. Why? What is one of the reasons that we worship God, that we reverence Him, that we hold Him in awe? Because we have already received the kingdom of God. 
one part of it. We're th- because we're thankful that he has made us part of his kingdom. That's what the Hebrew writer's saying here. And oh, by the way, it's something that cannot be shaken. It's something that cannot be taken away from us unless we take it away from ourselves. So the kingdom of God that Paul warned those Christians about, they had it in their possessions. They were part of it at that time. They were not going to lose it unless they made decisions themselves. Because God had already made them part of it. And the value of it was such that we ought to we ought to worship God acceptable. We ought to reverence Him and awe Him for allowing us to be part of His kingdom and the benefits that goes with it. So the kingdom was present back when these books were written. The verb is present tense, and it was in Paul's day. Revelations 1 and 9. I, John, your brother and partner, in the tribulation and in the kingdom. John's saying, we are now, John and his generation, we're living in the tribulation and living in the kingdom at the same time. So this kingdom of God existed when John was writing the book of Revelation. So this kingdom of God that is so important that that's what Paul did was proclaim it his whole life, well I say whole life, his whole apostleship was present at that point in time. And it was important enough that it ought to change the way we look at God and important enough that he would warn them at least twice in one text that they could lose it if they did these things they know they shouldn't do. So the kingdom was present. The kingdom was present during Paul's day. John's day is present today. What is it? What is this kingdom? Look at Romans 10, 9 through 10. Paul, again, Paul writing to Christians at Rome in this particular case. He says, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with one heart one is justified and the mouth one confesses and is saved. So what is this kingdom? This kingdom is one that holds Christ as sovereign. What we mean sovereign? We mean one that has the authority. One that has the rule. One that should be honored. One that should be respected. 
one that we tailor our lives to fit his will. That's what we're talking about. How do we start doing that? We confess that we believe that. That that's what we want to do. That that's our intention. And we believe it. And the core of that is, is that Christ died and was resurrected for us. So that's what he's talking about up here. That's who this kingdom of God is today. Those that recognize Christ and God as sovereign in this world and in our lives. That's, who he, that's what was present during Paul's day and John's day. 1 Peter 3 and 15. But in your hearts, regard Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you the reason for your hope that is in you. So what was that thing called the kingdom of God during Paul's time and John's time? It's those that regard Christ as the Lord in their hearts. That's the group of people that he's talking about when he talks about the kingdom of God that was present during Paul's time, that's present today. Is that group of people who regard Christ and God as Lord. And I said, well, you know, how do you know that's what he's talking about there? Is he not talking about the church? The thing we call the church today and the thing that Paul called, also called the church in his day? Well, the church and the kingdom in the scriptures is used interchangeably. Let's look at some of that. Jesus spoke to Peter in Matthew 16 and 18. I will tell you, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. What did Paul say that he was doing when he was preaching? He was proclaiming the kingdom of God. Now, what is Peter proclaiming? Because all of them proclaim the same thing. Peter says, or Peter was, or his confession, not Peter himself, but his confession, was what the church was built upon. And here he calls it and names it the church. He could just as easily said, on this rock I will build my kingdom. A little plainer in some of the other verses, but what he's talking about here, when he says church is the kingdom. Colossians 1 and 13. He has delivered us again, delivered us from the body of argument, transferred us into the kingdom of his blood. So what is it that they left and went into. All these Christians, all these Christians that were referred to and written to 
in the Scriptures. What was it that they were transferred out of and into? They were transferred out of darkness or out of a sin of life into a life of what? Life. Well, what was it that they that they came out of and what was it they went in? They came out of the world, they went into the church. Every one of them. Go back and read the text. Here he says specifically, transferred us to the kingdom. Did they not also transfer them to the church as we call it today? We could just as easily refer to this as the kingdom as we do the church. It would be the same thing. There's no difference. Look at the comments made in 1 Thessalonians 2 and 12. We exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in the manner of the worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom. What was it that God called people into? What was it in this, the scriptures that we were given? What is it that we are called into? The church or the kingdom, whatever we want to call it. Either one, they're the same. Look at Paul's description here in Revelation 1 and 4 and 6. John to the seven churches are in Asia. You say, well, I'm not so sure that when you've been referring to the churches and kingdom, they're the same thing. What, what did John say here? He said, John to the seven churches that are in Asia. And I contracted this to go on the screen. Verse 6. And made us a kingdom. And then verse 9. I join your brother and partner in the tribulation and in the kingdom. So what does John say? That the kingdom of God or the kingdom is here. He calls these seven churches the kingdom. Look at that little two-letter pronoun up there, us. That is a pronoun, I guess, I don't know. But look at the word us there. Was John part of those seven churches? No. But you know what? He was still part of the kingdom, just like they were. So when we look at what Paul's talking about here, that we have the thing we have to lose if we do these things we know we shouldn't do, what is it that we stand to lose? We stand to lose the kingdom of God or we stand to lose our membership or we stand to lose the church. So how much value is, is this kingdom or church to us? Is it worth insisting on doing these things that he 
warned us about? That if we do do them, we lose them? We have to ask ourselves that question. The church is present, okay? It was present. The kingdom was present. The church was present during Paul's and John's age and Peter's. Is it, is it, if it's present today, is it going to be in the future too? Look at the parable of the tares in Matthew 13, 40-43. Just as the weeds are gathered and burned into fire, so it will be at the close of the age. Now what he's talking about here now is an event that will take place at the end of the world, at the close of the age, at the close of the Christian age, this is something that's going to happen in the future. Both Paul's and John's and Peter's future and ours too. It has not happened yet. So, <clears throat> just as the weeds are gathered and burned by the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send His angels and they will gather out of His kingdom Let me ask you this question. If the kingdom was not present during Paul's age, our age, or during the Christian age, how could the angels gather people out of something that didn't exist yet? If I go down, I was going to say Walmart, but that's a bad example. If I go down here to the corner store to get something out of that store and it's not there, can I get it? No, because it's not there. How can these angels, at some point in the future, gather people out of something that don't exist? They can't. So the inference here is, is that this kingdom already exist and will be existing at the end of this age. We'll gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then then something, an instant or something that's going to happen after some period of time. Okay? Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. So what's this telling us? This kingdom of God, kingdom of their Father, that's kingdom of God, will be in the future. Will be after this age is gone. Will be after the judgment. After the close of this age. So that kingdom of God that, it, that existed in Paul's day exists today and will continue to exist until the end of time. Then it will continue to exist after that. So this kingdom of God that Paul's talking about exists 
from Paul's day forever and ever. Now, how important is this kingdom of God to us? The value of that just skyrocketed, didn't it? Because this kingdom that I can lose because of my stubbornness is something that's going to last forever. I'm going to lose something that lasts forever. Matthew 25, 34. Then the king will say to those on his right. Now this is, this is in the end of time now. The judgment. Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the earth. This kingdom of God that I now have benefits from it because it's, it exists now and I reap the benefits from that. This kingdom is going to be all the way in the future. It'll go past the existence of this world. That's what I stand to lose if if I'm obstinate enough to do these things Paul said don't do. If I don't allow myself to be led by the Holy Spirit. That's what I have to lose. <clears throat> Acts fourteen twenty two. Paul said, strengthening the souls of his disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith. And saying that through the many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. We see these folks that Paul was talking about here, they were already in the kingdom of God because it existed there in their time frame. They had aligned their lives with God's will. So they were, they were at that point in time reaping the benefits of the kingdom of God as it is in their day and our day today, but he also said this, so that we can enter the kingdom of God, that part of it, continuing part of it. So it's future as it is present. First Corinthians 6, 9 through 10. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? A bunch of folks won't. How fortunate am I as a Christian that I will, that I stand to inherit it. Do not be deceived. Does this sound familiar? Do not be deceived, neither sexual, immoral, immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers, will inherit the kingdom of God. Does that sound familiar? This is what Paul wrote to the church of Corinth. Is it not all, almost identical to what he wrote to the churches at Galatia? He said, you do, you do these things. Oh, he said, oh yeah, I know, by the way, these unrighteous folks, they're not going to inherit the kingdom of God for sure. 
But you, don't be like them. Don't do these things. Because people who do these things, even though they are part of the kingdom now, they won't inherit the kingdom of God. Galatians 5, 19 through 21. Is that where we're at? Isn't that our text now? It's the same thing. But we'll pick up there next time.